Live from Brooklyn, New York, this is Stay Busy with Armand Sadler. gentlemen welcome to another edition of stay busy with armand sadler where we have responsible discussions on the music business and the music culture we are here for another edition of busy sessions and this one is real real special so we're gonna let you know about that in a few but first of course it's the boy armand sadler vegan chorizo poppy founder of bald nigga ballers um i got my hoochie daddy shorts back on it's a little hot out so i had to i had to bring them out i know last busy session i brought the adidas thought pants back although i'm not a thought baby i love you but um you know it's it's just while while the warm weather is still here i, I i'm gonna give y'all calves i'm gonna give y'all a little thigh um this is a very again like i said a very 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 special edition of busy sessions for us a milestone for stay busy as we are welcoming our very first Afrobeats performer thus today you can refer to us as Afro busy. Um, here today with us is the O'Wary o- o- gangster, the bridge, Mister. I'm expensive. Put a price tag on me. It's impressive that you think you can afford me. Mm. The Nigerian-born and Massachusetts-raised super talent. Now his goal is to make his fellow natives that also reside in the United States feel a taste of home. Blending Igbo and Pigeon English, he's got smooth lyrics that make the fellas feel confident. The ladies swoon and everybody dance in conjunction with his R&B melodies and pop synths. As as succulent as Jollof Rice. He got his start singing in the choir as a kid before realizing that he had something special. Along his journey, he's played the roles of DJ and A&R before stepping into his true calling with the help of a sit-down conversation with his father. Now, in 2019, he released his first single, Superwoman, and followed up with Nikes. His debut self-titled EP came out in 2019. Then we got Jiggy Boy in July 2021, and most recently, Wa Oweri, almost a year to the day that Jiggy Boy released. You may know him for songs like Fancy, Joppa, and RZA, but I promise once you play his EPs, you'll have some trouble deciding your favorite songs. Represented by our Stay Busy alumni, good brothers of Active Entertainment Group, Sheun and Kwa, welcome to the Busyverse, Uche Malik. Gangway, gangway, gangway. How you feeling, man? Man, I feel great. I feel feel relaxed. Mm -hmm. You know, running on two hours of sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Long drive from Boston, right? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. But honestly, I just feel happy to be here. Good, good, good. We're happy to have you again. This is a big, big milestone for us. Um, we had a really great Afrobeats conversation with which you guys, an active entertainment group, a very active conversation, one could say. <laughs> um, but um, it's exciting to talk to you and artists and kind of get your perspective on things. But before that, let's take it to the beginning. So tell me, you know, uh, what it was like, you know, growing up, your household, what kind of music was playing, and um, also if if you're the first first person in your family to kind of forge a musical path or if music was kind of other people in your family have worked in music before um so in terms of like my family and music it's interesting i think as i grew older i realized it was a lot of musically inclined people in my mm-hmm. family i i didn't know 
but I kind of had a feeling like we have DJs, we have other artists, we have radio um, hosts, X, Y, and Z. So it was just interesting to like, as I'm growing as an artist, is to realize like, oh, you do music? I didn't know. <laughs> but um, growing up in my house, my dad loved music. Like I listened to classics. Like I listened to house music, mm. funk, pop, R&B, rap. It was crazy. Like um, I think the first song that I remember generally is, is London Beat. London Beat. It's a, it's a very old house music song. Mm. And then Robin S. Show Me Love. Like classic. Then Gypsy <laughs> Woman. Oh, my God. Like yeah. Listening to house music definitely made me fall in love. But then, obviously, like, I'm Nigerian. Mm-hmm. I heard these classic sounds from, like, Wande Cole, um, Wizkid, obviously. And then Duncan Mighty, um, VIP. Those are from Ghana. But, like, I listen to music all over the place. Mm-hmm. So I think just growing up and hearing all these different sounds and all these different flavors made me really, really love what I do. Mm-hmm. And I, I know you sang in the choir when you were young. That's something I did, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's like for me, it was something that like, oh, you, you're going to church. You're going to be an usher. You're going to be in the choir, yeah. stuff like that. But I, I don't know how my parents would have felt if I was young and was like, oh, I want to be an artist. So like in singing in the choir and kind of developing their love for music, um, would, did you know when you were young, like, I, I, I want to be an artist or is it something that you kind of found later on? I think when I was young, I felt like it was a chore. Mm. <laughs> Because, like, it was one of those things, like, you had to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, I definitely remember certain Sundays where I didn't, I wasn't even singing. I was lip singing. <laughs> <laughs> but then um, I know when I joined, like, school chorus, and, like, it, was, it, was, it wasn't even, like, I wanted to join. It was just because, like, one of my friends said, I bet you I could join and make it before you. Mm. I was like, nah, bro, I could actually sing. <laughs> He's like, nah, 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 how, how much you want to bet? Mm-hmm. I don't know how much we bet it, but, like, I said, okay, let's do it. And then when we did it, I made it. Mm-hmm. And he he didn't obviously, but that's when it, it gave me that like, hmm, okay, maybe I actually you know can sing. Mm-hmm. So from there, it just started to like, you know, grow. Mm-hmm. And what you you were born in? I was born here. Born here, okay, yeah. And then you always lived in Massachusetts? No, I lived in Nigeria and then came back. Oh, okay, yeah, got it. Well, what was that experience like? <laughs> How do I explain it? It's it was one of those experiences that I needed it. Mm-hmm. To help me shape the person I am today, definitely was like it's definitely entirely different from America. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can also say that's the reason why I love being in the village. I'm a village boy, mm-hmm. very much village boy. I like the. I think that is very humbling to me because mm-hmm. it just makes you remember, you know, the roots. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, and I, I know that you DJed and 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 A and R'd first. Is that something that you? looked at as kind of the stepping stone to pursuing your artistry or was there a time where you were like, yo, I'm going to just be a DJ and cook with this. Or I'm going to be an A&R and cook with this. I think it's a mixture of both. So like the reason why I even started DJing, one of my um, good friends, he was a DJ. Mm-hmm. And every time there was like a family cookout or a community cookout, he'd be the one DJing. So I'm always right there. Mm-hmm. And one of those days was just like, you know, I feel like if you play this song, it'll get everybody lit. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it was like, you know what, you actually, that's a great, like, you ever thought about DJing? I was like, yeah, I could do it. He gave me his, um one of his old DJ boards, and then from there, I literally, like, downloaded Virtual DJ mm-hmm. and just started <laughs> messing around at home, and yeah. from Virtual DJ, I got Serato. Mm-hmm. But then, I, like, it didn't, it didn't last long because I realized that I don't always want to be the guy behind the, the tables. Yeah. I want to be in the crowd or 
I want to be the one enjoying the music, not the one kind of putting it together. Mm-hmm. And I know you, uh, it was a conversation with with your your father that w- that made you like like all right, I'm I'm gonna really pursue the, the, this artistry. Did you always feel like that support was there? I know me personally having a, a Haitian mom, mm-hmm. um, and the generation that our parents grew up in, it's like get a real job, doctor, lawyer, stuff <laughs> like that. And so you yeah. know me pursuing music journalism, I kind of felt like I had to prove to them that I was as good as I am with it and it's something that I could make a career out of and mm. now they support it fully. Do you feel like that support was always there or you had to prove yourself as well? It, I, again, it's a mixture of both. Like, mm-hmm. I was shocked. <laughs> so, I think during that time, like, I was always surrounded by artists. Like, some mm-hmm. of my closest friends were all artists. So, for me, it was just me messing around. Like, I would freestyle or sing. Mm-hmm. No, I liked, I loved music. And then I was in... Nigeria, I think my uncle's my uncle's house, and there was like a family meeting, and then my dad was just like, "Uche, you know that like I hear you singing every single day. Why can't you just go and be like your friends and go and make music? Like it's not like you're ugly. It's not like you don't have a nice voice." <laughs> I said, and I was just shocked because yeah. <laughs> again, it's one of the it's that stigma that Nigerian parents don't want you to do, you know, extracurricular right. things. And they want you to be that doctor, that lawyer, that engineer. So mm-hmm. just hearing that from my dad was crazy. Mm-hmm. And then to add on to it, my mom started to say, like, oh, yeah, your dad is right. Then my auntie and uncle was like, yeah, you know, like, you know, we know some people. Like, we can't put you on the camera. Like, yeah, very, you know, let's do it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> I was extremely shocked. And this is, like, the pivotal moment where, like, again, some of my closest friends were really transitioning into, like, this Afro sound. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, I took it as a sign from God. It's like, damn, okay, my friends are doing it. My, my parents are not having a family meeting about me doing it. Mm-hmm. It's like, what's stopping me? <laughs> yeah. So I said, all right, cool. So I took that leap of faith. Yeah, all, all everything started to align. Now, the journey to your first track, Superwoman, well, when did you actually first start recording? And well, honestly, well, what was it like stepping into the booth? Because I've, I've played around with, like, recording mm-hmm. raps before, and being in the booth is, like, nerve-wracking to an extent. Like, <laughs> you, like, people think it's easy. It's really not easy to just get in there and, like, do something good and mm-hmm. then do something good that you think is good and that other people are good. So that, that journey towards your first track, what, what was that experience like? Um, so the first track I ever recorded was actually Follow the Leader. It was a collaboration track. Okay. And the first time I stepped onto the mic, it felt very comfortable. Mm. I was nervous, but like I wasn't, I wasn't scared. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe because as an A and R, I was always in the studio with mm-hmm. artists, just watching how they do or giving these, you know, few tips. But once I got behind the mic, it felt very much natural. Mm-hmm. If anything, it was scary because I will never forget it. We had this studio filled with my like closest friends. Mm-hmm. We were, I recorded my verse, took the microphone off, I turned around. Everybody's like, "What the hell?" <laughs> like, <laughs> like you record yourself? I was like. Nah, I mean, I just be, I just be in my like at the time I was in school. I was like, I just be in my dorm, just recording myself. But like, mm-hmm. I never really been in the studio. Yeah, and I think that was one of those moments where it's like, all right, cool, this is natural. Mm-hmm. This is this feels good. This feels yeah. Yeah. And I, I listen to your tracks and just speaking to you, you're obviously a very confident guy, a very competitive <laughs> guy, and we've got a full room here. The crew is here. How important is that validation from the people closest to you? I know a lot of artists, some artists just do everything themselves mm-hmm. and they don't really get any feedback. They just give it to the world. And other artists really crave that approval from the people around them before they give something to the world. How, how do you kind of balance your personal approval of what you have and the validation of the people around you? Um... I think I want to get validation, but if I don't, I'm going to make sure you like understand how I feel. Mm. 
So like again, going back to the very first track I made, it's a it's a funny story, but like I sent it to some of my friends and they were like, This is when I recorded it off like my computer by myself. They were like, Yo, this is trash. <laughs> and that shit like made me so tight. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm gonna make sure y'all understand like this is not trash. Mm-hmm. And then like again, as soon as I went to the studio and recorded it, everybody's like, Yo, made them believers yeah Yeah. so it's one of those things like i do love that validation but i take it as like i really take that like criticism to all right i'm gonna make sure i polish this so that you guys can never say anything bad about it Mm -hmm. so i I think that's that competitiveness in me yeah yeah and the the journey towards your first the your self-titled ep in 2019 Mm -hmm. um how do you feel like from there to Jiggy Boy, to Wow already, like how, how have you grown as an artist? <laughs> the growth is crazy. In fact, it's scary. Um, looking back at it, I would have never imagined myself being in this position. Mm-hmm. I feel like I get better with every single song I make. Mm-hmm. My efficiency rate is literally a hundred percent. Um, but looking back at that first EP, uh, it's cool to mm-hmm. me. It's cool. To me, it's cool. It's it's whatever. It's cool, like looking back, or yeah. like did you, uh, like I'm, I'm sure when you put it out, you was like, nah, this is this. Is no, the when shit. I put it out, it was <laughs> when I put it out it was the best project ever came out that year. Yeah, but like looking back at it now, I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. it was needed, but it's yeah, it's it's cool. First step, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, and what well, what's the reception been like from the people uh, with your most recent project? Wow, wow, already. Sorry, I'm 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 a mess up pronunciation. I'm, I'm I'm getting better, guy. I'm getting it's better. Okay, yeah, but, okay, but what's okay. what's the reception been like to that? Honestly, it's been humbling. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew I was like that, <laughs> but when really when you just get in this random love every single day, it's mm-hmm. it's like it's extremely humbling. Yeah, like I I've gone out to like events every single weekend. That's crazy. I don't be outside. <laughs> but, like, I've gone yeah, out. It's all good, bro. You can be honest here. Yeah, don't go outside, dude. <laughs> but it's gotten to a point where it's like, yo, I have people coming up to me on some, like, yo, you're Uche Malik. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, bro. I love your music. Like, mm-hmm. that Reza track. Oh, my God. That that gangster. Wow. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's just, like, damn. <laughs> I think what it is is, like, I know people listen to my music. But yep. when you really put a face to your listener, it's just like, damn, y'all really love my music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So it's been extremely humbling. It's been telling me that I've been doing something right. Yeah. Very much. And and you're coming up in a really major time for the genre as a whole. I mean, I know for me personally, I, I've probably heard Afrobeats my whole life and just wasn't aware of it. But I mm-hmm. think, like, 2016 was really when, like, the world got got a lot more familiar with it. You know, WizKid yeah. being on One Dance and uh, Can I Get Your Number? That, that joint yeah. and all those. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And then obviously the rise of Burner Boy and WizKid yeah. and Rema and Omale and all of them. And um, there's really this renaissance in the genre and it's 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 taking over and it's really undeniable at this point. Um, so what's it feel to see see the, the heights that, that, that you can reach, you know, doing what you do? I feel proud. <laughs> I feel proud that the fact that, like, something I'm doing is now a trailblazer. Mm-hmm. I feel proud that some of the top, like, top people in the industry right now is from the same country as me, mm-hmm. the same tribe as me. We share the same ancestry. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, cool. I, like I said, I feel very much in the right place. I feel like I'm doing something extremely right. And I'm very confident that I could be at the same level. I mean, I think I am at the same level. I know I yeah. am. I don't even want to say I think. I know I am. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, it feels extremely good. 
And it's it's becoming a very competitive space because a lot of American artists feel like they got to keep an Afrobeats track yeah. in the tuck. So, <laughs> you know, they'll they'll collaborate with Davido or WizKid or they'll just do it themselves. And some mm. of them, you know, they might not do it the best. But <laughs> but because they have these large platforms, you know, their their attempts at the genre become a lot more visible. But then you have, you know, the homegrown t- homegrown talent who do it the best that, mm. that, that we know that they're inspired by. And we, we were talking uh, off camera before the interview about, um, you know, like Justin Bieber getting on uh, the, the WizKid Thames yeah, Essence remix yeah. um, or um, Selena Gomez jumped on the Calm Down remix with Rema. And I know yeah. a lot of people who are from, you know, who grew up within Afrobeats are like, oh, we don't like when these people jump on it. They're <laughs> they're they're selling out but then from a business standpoint it's like you do a track of bieber the whole world is going to be aware of it you get selena on a track the whole world is aware of it so how how do you feel about you know uh, artists within your genre homegrown talent collaborating with these american canadian artists and you know getting that large platform but maybe some people seeing it as them watering down the the Uh, quality i don't think it's watering it down i think um Obviously, we have our, like, mixed feelings about it. I definitely have mixed feelings about it. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I feel like it's very much needed to to grow, to get our music out there. Mm-hmm. Like, look at... So, let's talk about Essence. Because that Justin Bieber feature, it, it hit charts. Yep. And it got even more exposed. Even though the originals was already doing yeah. its own thing. It was thing, cooking. It was, it, it, was, it was Song of the Summer last yeah, year. Yeah, it, it was an extra boost that it needed. Yeah. So, I'm very not... I'm not opposed to it. Obviously, again, like, I feel like there's certain songs that may not need it, but it's mm-hmm. like I understand. I very much understand. I'm not mad at it at all. How'd you feel about uh, Chris Brown jumping on the Mona Lisa remix? At first, I'm not going to lie. I, I didn't think it was needed. Mm. But it took me, like, a couple of listens to be like, okay. Okay, I see. I see mm-hmm. it. I, I like it. I like it. I feel like he did a good job of, like, molding himself to it. Like, Chris Brown is so versatile. Like, yeah. I, I feel like that was one of the one of the best attempts for an American artist kind of Extremely. stepping into that arena. Extremely. Um I want to talk about you. Uh, yeah, w- w- my favorite song of yours is uh, Inkechinere. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did, did, did I pronounce that right? It's Inkechinere. Inkechinere. And there's a bar in there. Olua gave me the vision. Shout out to my guy, Kwa, Kwan Shaun. Um, how, how did you connect with the uh, Active Entertainment Group? And what's what's that relationship uh, been like for you? It's been amazing, man. I've definitely, like, I think with this this past year, I've definitely seen or reached different heights. Mm-hmm. Um it's funny. I I know Nalua for like I don't even know. It's a ten plus it's a ten plus thing. Mm. Ten plus years. But he definitely helped me out with um my second project, Jiggy Boy. Mm-hmm. So when that was like literally it went viral. It blew up like it was shocking mm-hmm. to the point where like I know he was just passing it to everybody. Everybody, <laughs> everybody, everybody. And then that's when Sean he was like, Yo, who is this Uche kid? And then from there, literally I think I remember he just DM'd me, he's like, Yo, I really love your music. I said, word. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that means a lot. And then from there, we just connected. Mm-hmm. And then, boom. Um, again, you you being such a very confident, competitive dude, you talk your shit in these songs. Like, <laughs> in, in, in your interviews, just generally. And, like, you know, I, I, that's something that I resonate with. I'm a pretty confident mm-hmm. dude. But I've, I also know that I have my fears and my insecurities. And mm-hmm. going to therapy has helped me to uncover those. So what are some of some of your fears or, or some areas that you feel like you could improve as an artist or even as a, as a person? Um, as an artist, I always think I can improve my pen. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's it's funny. I think some of my people they tell me I have like I'm one of the best songwriters they've seen, mm. and I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think it's just it's like a mental thing because I think there was a time period when I think creating Jiggy Boy, I had to really sit down and like ask myself like how can I improve myself as an artist because I always felt I lacked in my penmanship, mm-hmm. but. I guess now it's crazy. Like I've at this point, I can say it's crazy, mm. but I can always improve it. Always, always improve it. Um, I think vocally speaking, I can always get better. Mm-hmm. I think in every aspect as an artist, I can always get better. Um, but then with personal life, it's funny. You say I'm a very confident guy. I am confident, mm-hmm. but it took time to get there. Yeah, of course. It took way. It took a lot of time to get there. So it's just me kind of just remembering that self confidence, that self love. Mm-hmm. That I, I I am that person, mm. so I, I wouldn't say it's an insecurity, but it's one of those things that like I definitely do struggle with. Mm. And right now, like I'm definitely winning, mm. but I've always had those times where I'm just really at my lowest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think a lot of us men we might not know it or admit it, but yeah. our, our egos or our confidence are kind of us overcompensating for mm-hmm. the things we see in ourselves. We're like, damn, like I don't like that or I want to improve that. Yeah. So it, it, it hits different when you genuinely believe in yourself and feel confident in yourself and not just, you're not just saying something to to make yourself believe it, but you actually believe it. So mm-hmm. I definitely resonate with that. Um, your, your your projects so far, you know, they've been EPs. They've been, you know, six songs, five songs, five songs. Did you, do you see yourself uh, ever doing, like, a longer project? Like, is, is there plans for an album? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's in the tuck right now. <laughs> but, yeah, for sure. Um, I can't even put a date on it. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you right now, like, my heart's telling me an album is coming. Mm-hmm. So, I'm coming soon. And how I I know you collaborated um, on on your self titled and on Jiggy Boy, and then uh, Noah Oweti was all you. Mm-hmm. And I know we got a bunch of different artists in the room that you the, the uh, that you uh, you know enjoy and mess with. Like how how do you approach choosing who you collaborate with, and just like you know how it goes, and what have those experiences been like? <clears throat> um. In terms of collaboration, like, how I make my music, I'm very genuine with it. I don't like things to be forced. Mm -hmm. I think we were talking about that off camera. Like, I make sure it's, like, a pivotal thing that whatever I do, it's very natural. It sounds good. It should be what it should be. I don't like to force stuff. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the collaborations are literally just, like, yo. I think, so, like, my first project, it was Rotate. That was the only collab on there. Literally, I made the song, and as soon as it was like, you know what, I hear somebody on this. Mm-hmm. Let me hit up Ugo Boy. Cool. He he killed it. I said, all right, perfect. That's that's what it's needed. Then I think Jiggy Boy, same situation. It's like, I wrote the song, but let's say the other person was in that room where I just, like, I hear it. Mm-hmm. I hear this person on this beat. I hear this person on this song. And then I send it to them. If it comes out beautifully, like, genuinely speaking, like, if they genuinely, like, mess with the track, you can tell mm-hmm. if it's a forced thing. Uh, I don't. I don't. You won't see any forced collaborations out mm-hmm. right now. Essentially, I feel that. Um, one thing I really enjoy is your kind of different take and almost uh, reclamation of the word gangster. You know, you said gangster is a level of confidence that you have doing what you want, yeah. not letting anyone dictate it. You know, I think when we were young, you, you hear the word gangster and you think about rappers or, you know, mm-hmm. back in the day, the, the mob guys with the hats and the suits and, you know, with the, with the guns and all that. <laughs> and, and it kind of took on a, a, any legal or almost negative connotation. But you, you, you know what I'm saying? You 
uh, you said in the interview I watched, like, I, I, I get my nails done, I pamper myself, and, like, yeah, I'm not afraid to do that. Fellas, it's okay to get your nails done and pamper yourself. It, 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 it does not self-care. It does not make you any less of a man. Like, you don't want dirty fingernails. Like, the, women pay attention to that. Women pay attention to that. But, Trust. um, Trust. Uh, like, when when did you really kind of reach that that point with the word where you're like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it, like, the, the Uche Malik spin on it? Um, I think... 20, like early 2021 mm-hmm. when I recorded like Gangsta Rhythm mm-hmm. like I was in a I was in a bag where it was like I was very confident and gangsters just came into the work like personally I like gangsters like those old movies with gangsters I loved it I felt yeah. like the reason why I love this is because like though they could do whatever the fuck they mm-hmm. wanted obviously it was just bad thing but <laughs> you know they're able to do any like anything and everything they wanted and I took it to a point where it's like yo I think that's gangster that you can be in your own wave mm-hmm. and nobody can tell you what to do. I think it's gangster that you can say, you know what, I'm going to do this today and people have to accept it. Mm-hmm. I think it's gangster that you won't even let, allow people to come and just ruin your day. Like, mm-hmm. it's gangster. Yeah. And that's like the epitome of like um, this new phase of Uche Malik. Mm-hmm. So I take Jiggy Boy, like, that project as a self-care project. Mm-hmm. Juan Wary was the project that's like, all right, cool. Uche knows who the hell he is. Mm. Let, let me tell you what I am. I'm a gangster. Literally. I rock with that. I, I know you've had some um, some very traumatic experiences uh, in your life, you know, being robbed and losing the EP and then the car explosion. <laughs> that, that, that was crazy to hear. And, you know, you made it out safely. <clears throat> and I, I know you're very God-fearing and God-respecting in, mm-hmm. in your music as well, which I appreciate, like, well, well, what do you feel like those experiences have kind of, you know, taught you? And, like, how, how do you approach life after, you know, just dealing with some crazy shit? <laughs> <laughs> um, it makes me appreciate life more. And it makes me understand the steps that God makes me take. Mm-hmm. So, like, that car accident was probably, like, the scariest moment of my life. 2019, I was on the highway with my little brother and sister. And the brake gave out. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, I remember I woke up car was like on fire and the first thing i did was get my little brother and sister out the car and then from there i was just like oh shit <laughs> what do i do but somehow some way i was able to climb out the car car exploded and once that happened i like realized like oh shit i'm alive like mm-hmm. and then it made me think like damn like why am i alive because i remember like getting rushed to the hospital and after all the checks the doctors were like yeah you only have cuts and burns and like a concussion but like they were all shocked as to why that's the only thing that happened. Right. And, like, hearing that, like, obviously, when you get into a car accident, you have to explain that to the insurance. You have to explain that to the police. You have to explain that to the doctor, people who want to know. And me repeating that story over and over again, it literally made me say, like, why did God do that? But then I, like, I couldn't question it. Mm-hmm. It was like there was a reason as to why God made me mm-hmm. live. There is a reason why that I'm still here today. There's a reason why, like, no matter – that traumatic experience not didn't bring me down. It brought me up. Mm. So I was just like, all right, cool. Um, even getting robbed. That, <laughs> I mean, looking back at it, it's funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, it was my birthday. I went to D.C. Damn, niggas robbed on your birthday. That's yeah, crazy, birthday. bro. That's crazy. Niggas <laughs> dirty. Dirty niggas out here. <laughs> Yo, it was one of those situations like, all right, cool. You know what I mean? We landed. And it's one of those, it's like, you know, when you land, you're like, yo, we lit, we outside, ah, ah, ah. You know what I mean? Pulled out to the airport. Um, we had like a, it was a Hellcat Jeep Wrangler. Mm. 
You forced it. You're <laughs> big stepping. Big stepping. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm talking shit. I'm like, yeah, you know, you know my body. Like, ah, ah, ah. Cool. Get into the car. We're just like, yo, yo, I'm hungry. Let's go eat. Cause we landed at like what nine, mm-hmm. and we had a hotel. But honestly, <laughs> now looking back at it, I didn't know you can check in early. Mm-hmm. So the check in time is three. I said, damn, what are we about to do? Cool. Let's just go get something to eat. We went to eat in like Northwest DC and where we ate at, right? Where we parked at was Main Road. And I'm telling you Main Road, I mean like as soon as you walk out, everybody's just on the streets, mm-hmm. cars everywhere, police everywhere, in front of the hotel. We go inside the restaurant, not even up to 30 minutes. It's like maybe 20 minutes. I come outside, it felt like a movie. Mm-hmm. I'm walking down the street. I said, hmm, life is good. The food I had was spectacular. The, the, the vibes I'm feeling right now is immaculate. Mm. I had a I had a matcha latte. Mm. Perfect. It's just different. <laughs> different. You, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just feeling... Yeah. I'm feeling just, you know, nice. And then, boom, everything's slow. I swear, this it just happened slow-mo. I'm looking at the car. I see I see glass on the floor. And this is, I'm like, nah, it couldn't be. So I start, I start jogging. From jogging to running. Mm-hmm. <laughs> From running, I get to the car. I see the whole window smashed. And I was with my um friend. I was like, yo, they broke the window. He's like, really? Oh, shit. <laughs> they broke the window. Mm-hmm. And I'm just panicking because I'm like, damn, this has never happened to me in my life. Mm-hmm. I feel like the way I move in life, I can never get caught slipping like this. Right. Immediately open the trunk. The luggage is there. Go in the front seat. My charger is there. So I'm just like, okay, so maybe that's just stupid. I see my boy's bag, and it's like, it looks kind of roughed up. I'm like, oh, yeah, I did bring a bag. So I opened the back seat. The bag is gone. Everything gone. And, like, that was, like, I, I consider it a traumatic experience. Because, mm-hmm. funny enough, um, I had plans to record in D.C., so I backed up all my music onto my computer and on my hard drive. And in that bag had my computer, hard drive, jewelry, cologne, my damn bonnet. They took me from my bonnet. Nasty. <laughs> and my vaccination card. And, like, at first it didn't hit me. I was just like, damn, they could rob me. But then I realized, like, yo, this EP that I just spent a year and some change to do, all my hard work, gone, just like that. Mm-hmm. And then it, hit, it literally hit me. I just started yelling. I started calling everybody. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? I, 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 like, who's in D.C. right now? I need, I need locations. <laughs> <laughs> I seen, like, a uh, Secret Service walking down the street. I thought he was just a regular officer. I'm like, bro, I just got robbed. Like, I need help. Mm-hmm. He's like, I work for the president. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, <laughs> and when I heard that, I was just, I felt so helpless. Because I'm mm-hmm. like, yo, fuck. I ain't going to say it. <laughs> but, like, I was like, yo, come on, bro. I'm a citizen. I pay taxes. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, call 911. We called 911. Not even 30 minutes, the guy never come. You don't come. And then this is what, like, really, really put me in my bag was that when he came, he made me feel helpless. He acted like he didn't care. And granted, like, you probably face so many robberies in a day, for Christ's sake. But it's like, at least make it look like you care, like, what's going on. He just acted like he didn't care. And I'm telling him, like, bro, I got the location on my phone right now. Let's pull up. He's like, yeah, we're not the type to do that. We're just going to put that investigation in for you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, fuck the investigation. Like, let's pull up. He's up the block. <laughs> You're the one with the gun. <laughs> he's just like, nah. And he told me, he's like, yo, can I get you, like, all the info in your bag? 
and like what was in your bag and i'm listing it off he's like all right tell me the pricing and as i'm going down the list and how much it costs i'm like damn 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 it was killing me mm-hmm. and then again it's like all right so now what what do we do yeah he's like yeah what you can put in an investigation and the guy like the guy whose car we rented it from pulled up and took the rental car and literally as soon as he pulled up and took it it started to rain I felt like that was the worst day of my life. Because <laughs> then I'm just sitting there in the rain, like, damn, the music that I really wanted to drop, like, in the next coming months. Like, literally just finished it. Mm-hmm. Gone. But again, like, <laughs> it was one of, instead of, like, pushing me back, it fueled me. Like, literally as soon as I, like, finished the little trip, I went home that same fucking day when I ran straight to the studio for 12 hours recording the entire project like front to back everything because when we came back some of the stuff was missing literally we recorded the entire fucking thing in one day mm-hmm. and then i collapsed <laughs> and that's when i knew it was like all right cool like that was for a reason mm-hmm. obviously it's gonna take me time to get over but that was for a legitimate reason yeah damn well thank you for sharing that but uh and I'm glad you uh you know you rose you rose out the ashes and look at you now feel yeah. me <laughs> yeah that's what i'm saying like i feel like i've gotten to a point where like i really do think i get put in these positions for a reason mm. so i can never be too to my back for it yeah i can only just go up yeah speaking of your birthday uh run my race which you consider a diss track that you made on your <laughs> birthday <laughs> yeah <laughs> talk, talk about- <laughs> You know, I've I've been in those positions before. Like I've I've thrown my own birthday party a couple years, and it's mm-hmm. been stressful because a lot of people will try to make you make it the way that they want it to be, and it's like, yo, it's my birthday at the end of the day. Like I'm doing something for y'all, but like, like be appreciative because it's it's this to celebrate <laughs> me. So it's it's, yeah. it's a little frustrating. So like I can understand that kind of feeling of resentment towards people on on, on your birthday because mm-hmm. it's supposed to be such a big big day for you. So yeah, just to take me through run my race, man. <laughs> Rub my race. I don't know. I don't know what kind of bag I was in on my birthday. I don't. I don't really celebrate my birthday like that. Mm. I think this year was actually year I I celebrated, but obviously you see I got roped. Mm. <laughs> Lesson learned. But on my birthday, I just I was just in my bag. Mm. I just felt like it's just another day. Mm. But um, the the key to run my race is just I felt like a lot of people just be just be. I don't want to use the word hating, but. Always try to bring me down for no reason. Mm. They see me up, and they find a way to bring Uche down. Mm-hmm. Or they see, like, oh, Uche's doing this. Nah, he he not really like that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, bro, ah, can you leave me alone? You can't. I'm like, is it my fault that you can't run my race? Mm. That's how I took it. Yeah. And that's an interesting juxtaposition to Colo, because Colo, you're kind of talking about how you feel like a lot of people – are like crazy and like they, they want to act like they know you and boy i resonate with that as a creator <laughs> man like when when you're the hot topic mm-hmm. everyone's on ig big bro my bro Type yo my crazy like, yo, crazy I, I don't know you and telling people that they know you it's like yeah. damn you like you just want people to to think that you know me but you you don't really know me and yeah. you know it's like on, on on one side of it i'm flattered because like i'm at that point where people want to yeah. know me but then i'm also annoyed because it's like you don't really be like you don't be in the trenches with me like really supporting Tight. me like it's just when I have a big Tight. moment it's it's the oh yeah Armand my nigga it's like no no you yeah. you're not my nigga so yeah. I, I I totally get that so it's it's interesting like run my race is like you know is has its meaning and then Colo has this other meaning but mm-hmm. um yeah it, it it just seems like you're you're very aware of like 
truthfully how how shitty people can be like man yeah. people get, get so so fake in, in in life and then especially when it's this music shit and like when when it's someone that they want to get next to it's uh mm. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's why I'm extremely careful about my, how I share my energy. Yeah, or who has access to like my energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's 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 the best way to be because at the end of the day, we're responsible for our own uh, emotions, and you know, ha- letting people have that power over you, mm-hmm. it's um, it, it, it can really drain you, and like you, you may not even realize like how how much what other people do impacts you if you kind of don't have your head straight yourself. So I totally totally feel that. Um, I, I want to talk uh, l- live performances. You know, I've I've been to a lot of shows, obviously, <clears throat> and there's a lot of artists that I've liked. I've heard them. You know, the, their studio recordings, the mix masters, all that. You hear yeah. that, and then then you see them live, and it's like, ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you might not really be like that. So, like for you, like, well, what's it been like stepping on that stage, performing in front of a crowd of people, and like, how how do you approach it? It feels good. Like I think. Which, with every performance, it gets. I feel better about mm-hmm. it. I feel more comfortable. But like at the, at the end of it, after like coming off that stage, I'm like, yeah, this is this is where I need to be. Mm-hmm. I think to prep, literally, just drink water, mm-hmm. <laughs> pray, mm-hmm. and just and just the call Casamigo, <laughs> <laughs> straight like that. Big tequila, yeah, yeah. Um, like, go ahead, sorry. No, nah, it's just literally just me trying to get in my bag. Yeah. Um. So one question I like to ask everyone who does busy sessions is if you had to make a playlist mm. of Uche Malik essentials, mm. five songs for people to get to know you. And, you know, it's interesting because some artists will answer with their own music. Others will answer with, like, songs other artists have made. So um, I'm really interested in, like, in, in, in your take on this. What five songs would you tell people to listen to to get to know Uche Malik. Back to the Matter by Wizkid. Witten Day, Adunsi. Um, damn. Damn, what song is it? What song is it? It's on the tip of my tongue. It's on Good Kid, Mad City, Kendrick Lamar. Um, let me look on the track list. Actually, it's not. It's, um, it's on... Section 80? Yeah. Damn. Let's see. We got ADHD. We got average, average Poman. Average Joe. Poe Man's Dream. Yeah, Poe Man's Dream. Poe Man's Dream, yeah. Poe Man's Dream. Okay. That's three. That's three. Yeah. Um Ready or not, Fuji's. Mm-hmm. And then I'm just letting it Oh, um, It's there, Kanye West. It's there. I don't want to say it's amazing. It could. It's either amazing. Jesus walks. Mm. All the lights. Or love lockdown. Okay. But just know, Kanye has like. A, if you want to know Uche, listen to Kanye. Kanye guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I respect that. Mm-hmm. I feel that. I feel that. Um, so uh, to finish up, you know what? What's next? I, I know we talked. You know, you you got an album that you are working on that's going <laughs> to come at some point. Well, mm-hmm. what else is next for for Uche Malik? Um, definitely more visuals. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see. We'll see about uh, a single. Mm-hmm. Most likely, a single will be coming soon. 
um, EP, who knows, album, who knows. Mm-hmm. Akonzo's be leaking everything, but, <laughs> you know, more stuff is coming. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, tell the people where to where to find you, where to follow you, and if you got anything that you want to promote, do your thing. Yo, obviously, follow me on all social media platforms, Uche Malik, U-C-H-E-M-A-L-I-K. The only thing I can promo is Juan Wary. Now, now, all platforms. And do me a favor, when y'all bump it, just send me a message and just let me know what's your favorite song. Mm. I love I love feedback. I love hearing what song resonated with people. Mm. Awesome, awesome. Well, phenomenal interview with my guy, but we also have a very special performance for you, the man Uche Malik did Colo, so make sure that you subscribe to the YouTube. The button is here. Click that, click that. Stay tuned, stay tapped in. Like you said, share it with a friend. Afrobeats to the world, like, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? This is this is the stuff that you want on, on your aux. You could play the little baby and the Jack Harlow and then, then the little no. Dirk, but sprinkle in some Uche Malik, sprinkle in some Afrobeats. I promise you, whatever room you are in, it's going to send the room up. Thank you again, my brother, for coming through. Really always, appreciate always. y'all. This is Busy Sessions with Stay Busy with Armand Sadler. We'll see y'all soon. Baby girl, baby girl, how you feeling? I've been out in the world, staying busy. Taking time, getting right if you miss me. Girl, yeah. I've been out yeah, in the yeah. world, staying busy. Yeah. Monday's 9 a.m. Monday's 9 a.m. Party with the gang. Every week, tell a friend. Yeah.